Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. remember how in season one Admiral Whiskers, a rat, crawled inside Cliff's head as revenge and then later became extraordinarily large and made out with a cockroach? Uh, They eventually beat Admiral Whiskers by exploding the reality of Danny the Street, but I might have recommended instead they use a 4-hydroxycoumaran vitamin K antagonist anticoagulant poison to get rid of rats, like for example, Brotofacum, which you can purchase right here in the Doom Room. I'm Alex, and I'm wow. doomed. Wow, wow. Did Alex just sneak in a second recap? That's what I assume. Boom, boom, you're in the Doom Room. I'm Justin, and I'm doomed. <coughs> I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about Doom Patrol Season 2, Episode 7, Dumb Patrol. Here's Ugh. my second recap of the day, in case it's been a while since you watched the episode. So most of the folks are dealing with an invasion of scants, pink creatures that have infested the painting that was left over from Danny the Street last season. And they make them very, very dumb, very stupid, and they do stupid things. And it's very funny, and it's a fun episode. Uh, But ultimately, they do beat the queen of the scants and get their smartness back, though are left in very different places at the end there. Meanwhile, Cliff who was falling out of space when we last left him, falls to Earth, tries to make his way home, deals with an influencer, which is even more horrible than the scants, (laughs) but he does eventually make his way back and learn some lessons of his own. And meanwhile, Rita is off practicing for her one line in the play by researching bees and honey, but naturally that brings her right into conflict with her mother, or at least the imagined ghost of her mother. And the last little bit, possibly the most important bit for the overall plot of the season, Niles goes to the Yukon, finds out a lot more about the origin of Dorothy and specifically the Candlemaker, and makes a decision at the end of the episode that certainly seems like letting Willoughby kill her, though I guess we'll have to see how that rolls out. So tell you what. Great episode. I know we say that almost every episode, but this one was real good, playing on all the modes that I really like in Doom Patrol. The funny, the goofy, the emotional. Great stuff. Agreed. I mean, again, I just wish someone had clued us into how great this show was because I could talk talk about it on microphone all day and could have for years before now. Uh, A. B. This is a great episode. Uh, My first question is, I can't believe we were so worried about Cliff. He's what fine. the fuck are you talking about? He's fine. He took a sweet little <laughs> space ride. I'm jealous. And then Honestly, had to walk it, all the way home? Come on, man. Walking's nice, a great time to think, and he has to do a lot of thinking. Yeah. I can't believe we were mad at Niles. Niles just did Cliff a great favor. 
Could you imagine, Pete? I know you're getting very upset right now, but I agree with Justin. Imagine if we threw you out of space. What a fun time you would have. And oh you'd God. grow I to love would it. murder you like Cliff is going to hopefully murder Niles. Um, Our plan no. to send uh, you to a planet um, uh, to just for the safety of all of Earth is coming into fruition pretty soon. That's what they tried with the Hulk. And if yep. you remember, and he came back well. oh. and he came back more angry than ever. So I don't I don't recommend that. Plan. I stopped reading with the issue where they sent him away from Earth. And I was like, good job, Illuminati. Nice job. Planet <laughs> Pete. Beware, Planet Pete. <laughs> I will I will have my vengeance. Yeah, I, first off. Uh, go fuck yourselves. Secondly, I think that it's one of those things where uh, Niles is kind of making horrible decisions. And I'm hoping that we find out like somebody else controlling him or something because he is horrible and somebody's got to stop this guy. I know as a parent, you guys must all have a meeting in the woods and decide if you're going to kill your kids or let them live. And that's got to be tough. And, you know, I don't know how you guys do it. But just to be clear, because you ask this question every time, you always kick it over to us as parents. If I ever, ever saw my kids playing with candles in any capacity, (laughs) I would definitely pass them over to one of you to kill them. Okay. Like 100%. Yeah. That's Smart. a good friend, too. And the yeah. meaning's not in the woods. It's in the park because we live in the city. Oh, right. My bad. My bad. <laughs> so, wait. We're talking about the Niles storyline. You immediately pivoted from talking about Cliff to Niles. So, I just want to make sure where we are. I, I am kind of with you, Pete, here that him making the decision to do whatever he is having Willoughby do for the safety of the world – is obviously the wrong decision. It's obviously heading in a very bad direction. Um, But I do think Timothy Dalton plays his conflict really well anyway. And all of the scenes with the Candlemaker finding out that that being pre-exists both Dorothy and her mother was really interesting bits of mythology. Well, I don't know. Now I don't know how it works because – we were sort of told that a candle maker was just a figment of Dorothy's imagination of uh, just a very dangerous one. And she's quite powerful. Uh, so now that the fact that candle maker predates Dorothy, it's sort of like, well, then why is he going to kill her or dispense with her or whatever he's doing? If candle maker was around before and can show up in any of the Canadian territories, it seems like at least Yukon whenever he wants, because Dorothy's off doing something else. Uh, a couple things about the whole Yukon of it all. Like, first off, that wheelchair is really impressive to be able to handle all that terrain. And Snow like, tires. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, just really awesome. Um, and secondly, like, I was hoping when we had the fire talk that we were going to kind of if get the yoked, uh, you know, jackrabbit there for a second. Uh, yoked jackalope. Yeah, the yoked no, jackalope. No, man, he's dead. That was I know, part of the but whole when thing. the fire started, I was like, come on. Uh, but it was the candle monster, sadly. Yeah, it's surprising that the being made out of fire came out of the fire instead of a jackalope. Hey, I can hope for a jackalope, all right? I can hold out hope for the yoke to be back. Hold it out, hope for a jackalope. (laughs) (laughs) Pete's high school band, number one hit. (laughs) Holding out hope for a jackalope, yeah. Um, Oh, my God. We're ready to remix that for sure. Uh, your memoir is almost done, right, Pete? <laughs> Still working on it. Still working on it. Yeah. Uh, like, well, save a couple chapters for Planet Pete because lots is going to happen <laughs> up there. Yeah, sweet. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole I didn't expect Jackalope. I I thought we were going to get um Niles's uh, I don't know partner. I don't. They weren't married. I guess I thought we were going to see her. And I, 
he, he seemed to think he was going to see her there too. Um, so that makes he you said wonder. He smelled her and sensed her. Yeah. And, I, you it, know, <laughs> smelling your partner from such a distance in the cold is very rare. Yeah. Maybe that's part of the wheelchair stuff as well. He's got a hyper-powered sense something or other. The All of the stuff there, I feels like there's just a lot more mythology that we need to build out. Like I was saying, we got a bunch of big pieces here in terms of all of these beings seemingly being passed down to Dorothy from her mother, from presumably her mother or father or something like that. Um, and again, I'll, I'll express that I've watched these episodes and I really don't remember what we see necessarily. Um, but it certainly feels like we need to delve further back in time and maybe... Maybe there is a swerve coming in terms of what Willoughby is going to do. Maybe Willoughby is not, like, going to take her off in two in the back of the head in the middle of the woods, but he's actually going to take her on some sort of exploration to better handle her powers, because maybe Niles is facing up to the fact that he can't fix her. He can't deal with her, and he's not the right person to do it. Maybe this is this is probably a very positive reading of it, but maybe it's more he is realizing, no, I have been doing a terrible job of parenting this person for the past hundred or so years. I need to give it up. I need to give this to somebody else. Somebody else needs to take care of it. Next episode is called Dad Patrol. Mm. Something Ooh, to think yeah. about. Wait, are you saying you think the next episode is going to be like a Pine Barrens-esque uh, Kipling, Polly Walnuts, and Chris head out to... <laughs> I get zero of those references, but yes, right. I agree. Sopranos, Sopranos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've never seen I, Sopranos, wow. Yeah, I've never seen Sopranos. I, I just I wish somebody I, had ever told me to watch that show. <laughs> well, you're you're giving Niles. You know what? A, Let's stop doing this podcast right now. <laughs> give it up and start a boom, Sopranos. Boom, fight. You're in the Sopranos. Oh, uh, hey, so I I just think you're giving Niles a lot of credit, and he doesn't deserve any of it. Okay, he is not going to say to Kipling like, "Hey, you raised my daughter. Uh, train her. Take her on a walkabout. Just keep her out of trouble for a while." No, he's. He's not asking somebody to raise his child. He's saying, take care of her, put her somewhere horrible or something I don't even know about. It's not a good situation. And the fact that he gives a day for his daughter to live, ah, well, you know what? When should I murder her? Mm, give me a day. Like, come on, man. That come is on. cold as ice. And this guy continues to make horrible and horrible moves, and you guys are working hard to be like, oh, he's not so bad. He's doing, trying to do the right thing. Fuck that guy. I really hope Cliff chokes him the fuck out as soon as he sees him. <laughs> well, he does. Cliff certainly seems to want to do that, but maybe he's just going to send Dorothy on a sweet little ride, space ride, too. Yeah. Um, why don't we move over and talk about Cliff since we touched on him earlier and we're getting back to him now. Just very, very fun sequence. Obviously, there's some stuff he's dealing with. We don't know exactly what's going on with his body parts freezing. So something is wrong with his robot body. But everything that went on here as he's walking back was super fun. I love the even inf- the crash through the sign. I mean, you know, shout yeah. out. Oh, so just quick little thing about that. So very fun little Easter eggs on this side. So he crashes through this billboard. It's a, for a book called My Side by Denise, yeah. which is the dinosaur head of Addible Vegetable Mineral Man. And there's three quotes on there about the book. The first one is, this book changed my life by Jeremy Lambert. 
graphic and gripping by Gerard Way, two very uh, important people to Doom Patrol, particularly at the current time of the show this episode was coming out. And the third mm-hmm. one was Hell Yeah by Kite Man. No. Uh, the refs just keep piling wow. up. That's wow. good fun Easter right egg and fun Easter egg that ties into the Easter egg later on when we find out that Alan Tiddick didn't come back to the show, according to Beard Hunter, because he got cast on some other series. And then they have an on ad Harley for, Quinn as a yeah. voice. Yeah. Exactly. And then they have uh, – he plays Joker, among other things. Uh, and then they have an ad for Harley Quinn come up, which was very funny Very well. funny. Yeah. Good. The meta refs when you're approaching Mr. Nobody are great. Yes. Um, uh, go ahead. So Cliff, he's just walking. He's on a nice walk. Um, he's thinking a lot. He's getting some swears out. I'm just glad fun. that we got right away him falling to earth. Like, you know, I was really worried about – what was going to happen to Cliff, how long he was going to be in space or like, you know, if he could survive or anything like that. So I'm glad they let us off the hook right away. Now, Pete, real quick, uh, this is just a request I wanted to make. Can you give a quick shout out to my boy, Double Grapes? <laughs> <laughs> One love. Uh, no, uh, but I, I, did I feel really- bad because I am Thundernuts. Oh, oh wow. wow. That's a big wow. revelation. Yeah, that is huge. <laughs> That's my memoir. <laughs> yeah, wow. I am Thundernuts. Uh, I did hope, though, that we were just going to get Cliff, like, swearing, like, just cutting to him, like, slowly walking back to the, to the mansion or whatever, just, like, swearing constantly, because that was really enjoyable. It didn't get old. Uh, yeah, I loved, I mean, that kid that he encounters is the most Jesse Pinkman uh, character outside of Jesse Pinkman that I think we've seen. Yeah. Um, and uh, so funny, the phone ringing at Doom Manor and just sex ghosts there to hear it, <laughs> which was great. But I thought it was interesting throughout all of the rest of the side of this uh, story. No one is was at all like, hey, where's Cliff? Yeah, not one person no, was nobody like... Nobody cares. That well, was, to be fair, they get hurt. the crate and it immediately makes them stupid. So they have a lot of other stuff they're dealing with. So everybody is off on their own thing, and it seems like it's a pretty compressed timeline, despite the fact that Cliff has a pretty far way to walk. So I don't know. I get what you're saying, but yeah, but also they saw him get shot into space. So that was also really funny the way LT got being like space, like hey, where's Dorothy? Space. Hey, where's Niles? Space. (laughs) Yeah. Great stuff. Uh, and I agree. All the cursing was very funny. I also, the thing where Cliff wants to take a crap down Niles' neck hole and then he realizes <laughs> I can't take a shit anymore. Yeah. Very fun. It's fun. Marmaduke, I mean, Duke, what does he say? He says, uh, uh, oh, I can't remember, but some Marmaduke revenge or something really funny. Um, we also see he's reunited with Clara, who mm-hmm. seems to like him oh, again. Death by Marmaduke. That's what it was. Yeah, that's a big deal. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to explore how she got from one place to another because she was so terrified when he showed up at her house. How did she but get the to the tape. point where – Yeah. So yeah. she's now at Doom Manor, and it'll be really interesting to move forward to this storyline. I appreciate that. I, that was like, such a touching – just kind of like cut to her sitting on that bench – um, uh, and the fact that she was there, I did not think was going to happen. That was really out of left field and such a amazing moment. Um, Agreed. I really hope Cliff doesn't blow this man because this is really exciting. Well, again, we have next episode is dad patrol. So both Niles and Cliff, I think are going to be on uh, dad patrol and maybe even LT. Don't call Niles a f- father. He is a barely a dad and he's very shitty. So please don't do that. I'll tell you what, there's really only one thing you need to be a dad, Pete. 
You know who we're talking about. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Right, Pete? Pete. Pete, Pete. are you with us? Pete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's you know move on, please. About, you know what we're talking about, right? Yeah. Are you just holding out hope for a jackalope? <laughs> I am. <laughs> Why don't we move over to the other side mission before we get to the scant plot line and talk about Rita uh, and everything that's going on with her. This starts very fun with her dressed in this beekeeper outfit her working out her one line, my bees, my bees, referring it to it as her monologue is very yeah. fun. And yeah. I love this beekeeper character who doesn't give a crap about yeah, the bees. They party, dude. Oh Beekeepers party. They don't drink hard in the morning. Go, gets a kid to school and f- starts cracking beers. But think about it. I've never thought about this. As a, if you're a beekeeper, you're not doing any of the work. The bees are doing all. You just keep the bees. I don't. I, I'm gig. like. Yes. Yeah, it's not a bee tender. It's a beekeeper. That's really true. All you do is not lose them. You just have to keep them. This is the dream job. We should get get a bee, get a honey business. It takes just one bee getting in that freaking outfit, and then you're done, man. What What are you allergic? (laughs) I'm just saying, like, you know. You're done? (laughs) You're out? One sting, and you're like, fuck this. <laughs> I'm saying a beekeeper's job ain't that easy. You're dealing with bees who can sting you if they can get into your shit. Like it's. Have I ever told you guys about the time that I ate a bee? Actually, yes. You were on a bicycle. Uh huh. Right? Yeah, I was riding, riding a bicycle some... and I saw something flying through the air to me. And in my brain, I went, oh, a flying cheetah. <laughs> and I ate it. Yeah. And it wasn't it's until great... I ate it that I realized, oh, I just ate a bee. Uh, I love that story because that clearly was a time when you were infected with scants. That's (laughs) very stupid. (laughs) Stupidest thing I've ever done. Very dumb. But I did like the Rita storyline and I loved all the twists and turns that happened here. Her confronting the bees slash her mother was really beautifully played scene by April Bowlby. And I also love that the eventual thing that she comes to here is it gets her back on track with her hero arc. Where oh she sees this mugging happening, she becomes the beekeeper. I wrote down what's the superhero line? She did that has? sting? Yeah, I'm sorry. Did that? Does that sting? Yeah. Very fun stuff. Oh my god. Uh, good, good. I liked it. I enjoyed it. I like yeah. Rita. Well, it, it, I I like Rita. It's interesting. <laughs> the she was such like a hero leader role, and then this um, sort of the trauma of her mom really knocked her back on her heels to the point where she's like committing to this one-line part in a uh, community theater production. No worries there. We're all uh, actors. Some of us classically trained. We get the commitment to the to the role. Now, does that happen a lot uh, when you're doing a, a theater production where another classically trained actor will take one line and use it to kind of monologue? Does that is that a common thing? or? Yeah, there are no small parts, small actors. And when it's your time to tread upon the boards, uh, the audience's eyes um, are on you. Hmm. Okay, so, yeah, everybody does that. So basically plays that are supposed to be two hours just get dragged out to three, four hours. Yeah, a lot of people are like, um, yeah, I'm in uh, I'm in Hamlet. Uh, but the guy who plays the second uh, door opener is like, yes, I'm in a play called the second door opener. <laughs> <laughs> One of the big directions back when I was directing theater that I used to give is like, let's really give people their money. So drag out your lines, you know, particularly yeah. for the small people. Take all the time you want. Just yeah. like chillax up there, you know? Yeah. Wow. Exactly. Oh, you can't sing? Well, then sing as much as you want. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right. Uh, why don't we move over to the scan stuff, which is a lot of fun. We've got a big crate that turns out to be delivered by Willoughby containing the painting. It's infected with scants. They are told not to open it. And then Larry and Cyborg and Ronnie is there as well as Jane, who is now being run by Miranda. Yeah, eventually cooks a good frittata, we learned. Oh, man. Delightful. Uh, they all get infected with these scants. Ultimately, they go inside the painting, discover Beard Hunter, who is hiding there very cleverly. And they beat the scants, or more specifically, Miranda beats the scants, and everybody gets out. But it does lead to Cyborg and Ronnie telling each other they love each other and committing to the relationship. Um, but uh, very fun stuff along the way. What did you think about this storyline? Uh, I like um, characters being uh, dumb. <laughs> like the scene with um, LT and Miranda going to the hospital to see his his grandson, I oh, thought was yeah. like super funny. Where you're like, because hey. they, we didn't know what was happening yet, and so yeah. they they're like <laughs> in disguise, and it's like clear. It was just very funny how they played it out. Yeah, and LT leading like they have no idea, you know, just like really funny. And it was done in a, such a way that I felt stupid. I was like, is this possibly the show? <laughs> it's it's yeah. yeah. And so, like, the, it was just a really well done thing of, like, withholding the reveal until it was actually happening to the characters in a cool way. Just to yeah. take a big step back, I really like the stuff that was going on with Cyborg and Ronnie here. She is a great addition to the show. It was fun having him bring her into Doom Manor and react to everything that's going on. Yeah. Like talking about just a very simple device, having a character who is pointing out this is all weird is just a fun reset. It's a fun reminder, like you were talking about, Justin, that this is how the show works. There's a great line from Larry when Cyborg comes in and he's staring out the window and he says, Larry, are you okay? And he says, not since the early 60s, no. And then there's a very quick reaction of Roddy of we're just like, what is going on here? What yeah. is what is happening? I mean, in but a she show- also laughs because it's a it's a good line, you know. So it's nice to also get a little laugh track in there as well. She's having some fun. I mean, in a show where everything is so crazy, the Doom Patrol is often playing straight man. Like, what? Yeah. We have to go inside this donkey. But to but we forget that the Doom Patrol themselves are insane. So to have like a second layer of straight manning happening here, like you're saying, Alex, is great. Yeah, it's nice. It's refreshing. But also it was funny the way that Vic set it up where he's like, uh, yeah, if anything, I downplayed how insane this place is, which is yeah. just a fun way to because like you can't get into all like, yeah, I live with a mummy as well as a blob and, you know, like all these other things. And it's, you know. It would be an insane thing to say to somebody. So Vic trying to play it cool uh, makes so much sense. And it's such a fun reveal uh, for her as she kind of like discovers all the characters. Uh, except for at the end when Ronnie is uh, walking out of there with a little tube of Uma jelly. Yeah. Well, it seems like she was – this was a mission that she was going on. I'm telling you. More and more. And this is the first big evidence. She's playing Vic for some other purpose. And maybe it's to save her own life. Via this Uma jelly. Well, that makes sense because she went from being like, Vic, get out of here. We're not going to work. You know, you, you don't, uh, you know, my past and all this stuff that you don't understand. I'm not going to deal with you. And the fact that, you know, he keeps coming back and then finally, you know, they're together. It kind of really explains a little bit of what her kind of like change of mind or her kind of uh, a headspace for this whole kind of going on a crazy adventure that's like totally insane. So wait, Pete, are you 
where are you at with Ronnie? Because I'm not 100% clear. Do you trust her? Do you not trust her? Um, I, well, I'm, I'm cautious about, uh, you know, especially when she's stealing Uma juice, uh, you know, about what's going on with her because she, be you know, Quentin Uma Tarantino juice. did that on the set of Pulp Fiction. It's true. Famously. I don't know what you're insinuating, but I'm not going to sign I'm off really on not it. Sure, either. Yeah. You, oh, you're not going to sign off on it? <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to sign. <laughs> oh, off okay. On. All right. We uh, normally we have to have all three of us sign off on these things. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Sign off on that song we sang earlier. <laughs> sign off on Planet Pete. And so I would like to just say though that like the whole like love bug of it all was really fun, and that the slideshow was hysterical. Yes, I love an educational film strip, and the one yeah. about Scants was great. Yeah, and then the more death was just really funny bit. Um, but what was confusing was they were like, the only way you can do it is by beheading the queen. They didn't behead her. They exploded her, but apparently that's okay. But, I mean, according to the slideshow, it wouldn't have worked. That's how – when your body explodes, it technically is a beheading also, <laughs> when you think about it. Henry VIII used to do that with his wives. He'd just blow them up. I'm not going to yeah. sign off on that. <laughs> wow, you're such a fact queen. Wait, I want to get back to the Ronnie thing because I have a I have a theory about you, Pete. Oh boy, no, no, no. I think you like this theory. I think your issue right now is that Cyborg and Ronnie have all the tropes of a romantic comedy where she's got a secret, she's hiding the secret. She'll mm-hmm. eventually reveal it, and it'll break them apart a little bit, and then they'll get back together. And I think that's what you're holding out for. Holding out hope for a decade. <laughs> really I think that's what you're holding out hope for. And I think we'll eventually see. On the other hand, Justin, I would guess you're thinking she's just bad or betraying it. Yes, I think I think she's been she's been trying to I think she's in a bad position. I'm not saying she's a bad person. I think she's been in a bad position with whatever's going on with um her cybernetic implants and she's dying and so this is her chance of trying to survive. And while Pete on the other hand is holding out hope that they elope. Oh. Do you think we're going to have a Doom Patrol wedding by the end of the season, Pete? Oh, man, that's too soon. That's yeah. too soon. And are you going to have a Doom Patrol wedding for your, your <laughs> by the end of By the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> by which we mean winter. Oh, winter's, winter's coming. Winter's coming. Yeah. Uh, I had to say it. Let's talk about Jane yes. a little bit here. Um, or more technically, Miranda, who's wooing everyone. Great yeah. at frittatas. Um, and she's the one who pops the water bread bed. Great strategy. Smart. Very electrocutes smart. Electrocutes the queen. Yeah, I liked it. Their whole deal was great. How she's interacting with people is nice. It's a fun change of pace. But I was worried that at the end of this episode, it was going to break her, where she would be like, I can't deal with all these crazy people. Go ahead, Jane. You know what I mean? Because, like, Miranda was dealing with a lot. I mean, the fact that she was like, okay, don't jump in the painting. And they immediately were, like, jumping in the painting. And You like Miranda. Uh, so far, so good. Yeah, I think you prefer Miranda. Well, no, I mean, I I'm now remembering he, that she did come from the well, and I don't trust well people. So I, but in this episode, she did kick a lot of butt and was super nice to people. So I was happy about that. I mean, he, even the chainsaw nun was happy in the when they had the big uh, kind of like party in the underground. I, I do have a question because I might have missed this a little bit. Honestly, is how how did Miranda break the control of the scats? 
Uh, I think they never she, had control. Over she, her. Yeah, she just wasn't. Um, OK, in fact, but she tagged along with Larry on that dumb hospital trip. So it felt like at one point she was stupid. I think maybe flit as a, a personality is stupid yeah. or just like goes along with whatever. Mm, or my, the, my two thoughts were that or flit was infected with scans. And yeah, exactly. Miranda was not. Got it. OK. Yeah, I think that, that tracks. That makes sense. Well, what did you think about the end then? Because we get some big stuff happening here in the underground. Everybody is having a big party for Miranda saving the day. Jade is kind of pissed off because she never got a party and she saved them a million times. Uh, and then ultimately they find out that Scarlet Harlot is missing. Jane goes to her station and the station is closed and she doesn't understand why. So what is your theory here? What's going on? I think Miranda's cutting out personalities so she can uh, remain powerful. She's uh, basically being a a dictator in a formerly democratic um, uh, area, the underground. So she's cutting out voters. I well, you know, the ending was like it sucked because it was like, oh, this was a happy ending. But then like the last two beats of it really were uh, made things a lot sad. Uh, It was just one of those things where it's like, oh, great. Uh, we think, OK, Miranda's running things. Maybe things are going to be OK. Oh, no, somebody's missing. Horrible. And then it goes right to fucking Niles making a fucking death deal with his buddy and giving his daughter one day to live. And then it just kind of like held on that creepy Yukon kind of quietness. And then the fucking credits rolled. And it was like, damn. What if it's a really good day, though? Like, what if they have a really fun time? You know, does that make it OK? One day? Yeah, one day. Like, but you don't really even get to day. decide. Like, nobody goes to Dorothy. Like, hey, Dorothy, let's just say you had yeah. like I don't know one day to live. Would you rather have <laughs> one like sweet day or maybe an okay week where like a couple cool things happen? You know what I mean? What like, would you prefer? A okay week or a great well, day? Give her a little. Give her some time. You know what I mean? She's got some new yeah. friends to say goodbye would to. You, Pete, would you rather I be like, hey, you can we're gonna order pizza at some point this week, or alternately, uh, you can go to Six Flags. So are you, yeah, but I'm still have a week to live versus one day. Yeah, I know, but you only get pizza or Six Flags. I mean, <laughs> I'm still gonna take the days, man. I mean, obviously Six Flags is a great day. That's a hell of a time to yeah, be yeah. alive. But here's just, the thing: at Six Flags, you can also get pizza. So I don't know. You got to do a trade. Six like, Flags you got pizza one, is not one good, week bro. Where we may or may not order pizza. That went point. against you because Six Flags pizza is not good, and you know yeah, that. That's true. I did. Uh, I really wow. messed myself up there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, great. Let's briefly talk about Larry. We didn't really talk about his emotional arc this episode. So the reason he's going to the hospital is that his grandson is there after getting shot. The previous episode, he eventually finds that he's gone home probably okay or as okay you can do be with gut shot. Um, but uh, this is this felt like actually the one really positive storyline, and I think Larry ended up in a much better place than at the end of the episode than he was at the beginning. For sure. Yeah. Also, Larry had that fun line where he was like, hey, nice butthole mask to Kipling. So that was real fun. But yeah. D- I dumb mean, Larry's fun, Larry. Yeah, for sure. It really is. Uh, when he can kind of let go of his burdens and just be dumb Larry, it's a good time. But I think it's um, it's nice to, that he gets a little bit of a win when it comes to his family of it. You know, at least the, the kid's going to be OK. So that's good. Uh, well, cool. Uh, any other notes from the episode? Any other lines or anything you wanted to call out? Um, you're right. Nicer, Jane. 
when uh, with Stetson Vicks talking to Miranda, which I thought was fun. And then just Cliff getting a full on full cloaca shit uh, of bird shit on his head was really, really fun. That was good. I really like the seed where Cyborg and Ronnie decide he's just going to go ahead and fix her. Because I legitimately yeah. watching that, I was like, oh, my God, this is we're going to see her chopped into bits at this point. She says booyah, which is very funny. And then before he cuts her into pieces, he says, listen, I know we only slept together two and a half times, but I love you. Very funny. Line half time. Yeah, there you go. The half time's the best time. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, I really thought also when they were like. Hey, everybody hide from the scants. And then uh, Larry Trainer was like, excuse me. You know, it comes right out. And then Vic is like, hey, I got a ragtag team here. It was just yeah. uh, hysterical. And then as uh, LT's being like dragged away, he's like, catch up, everybody. I'm winning. It was just, oh, man. And just Beard Hunter hiding by painting his front white was <laughs> just a fun use of the character. And it worked. Yeah. It totally worked. That was <laughs> totally. great. Everybody lining up behind hide him and then immediately giving up on it was also yeah. a very funny bit. Yeah, it reminded me of like a, a weird Mr. Rogers uh, cutaway or some kind of like yeah. thing that like I... Have you ever seen there's a movie, I think this is the right movie Mom and Dad Save the World. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ages very, ago. Very stupid like 90s, 2000s movie but the whole plot of the movie is there's these aliens that come from the dumbest planet ever and it's the same sort of thing where there's one bet where they put down a thing called a flash grenade. And yeah, if you touch yeah. the flash grenade, you die. It says, it, pick me up. And so nobody <laughs> can stop. It's just really. And they just, the soldiers are, walk over to it, touch the flash grenade, disappear. And the next guy's like, oh, geez, what happened to him? And they take out an entire battalion this way. It's, it's the same sort of thing. It's just a very, I love bits like that where you just drive Keep hitting it over and over and over again. Dumb bits. So, you love dumb, dumb bits. bits. I love dumb uh, bits. Also, it was funny the way Cliff was, or uh, Vic was happy to see Beard Hunter. He's like, Beard Hunter, what's up? After like Beard Hunter, like uh, you know, took down the team and stuff. It was just, uh, it was to fun friend. to see people being silly and stupid and, and having a reason for that. Um, yeah, it kind of really undercut the uh, the seriousness of everything that was happening. So super fun. And then the person who played the queen was also really great, too. That was cool. I like the line, you don't have, need to have a torso to have a heart. Yeah. That was pretty good. True. Yeah. And one other thing, we didn't really mention this, but the letter, or maybe we did mention this and I missed it, but the letter that Clara got, she got it from Niles, right? Like Niles sent it on. So Pete, good guy. very anti-Niles. Well, What'd you, you don't know that, that Niles sent that. It's It looked like it was Cliff's writing that said, like, Niles' confession or whatever. You think Cliff wrote a letter as Niles? Cliff can't no. even barely write with his I think big maybe dumb hands. Cl- somebody sent the tape. We don't know it was Niles. Don't be fucking eager to give it to Niles. Like, oh, it was I think Niles. he did. The whole arc that Niles has had is about taking action on things instead of just apologizing for them. So I think we are going to find out that Niles did that and he is trying to make amends. Um, meanwhile, obviously, he's trying to kill his daughter. So, you know, 50-50 there. It's hard um, when you're the true hero of Doom Patrol. Stop that. And what do you think about the Willoughby-Unicorn-Head relationship that we're finding out about in this episode? Do you ship it? Ship it. Hot. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Kiplicorn. Kiplicorn. Love it. Who was most doomed this episode? Justin, why don't you go to you first? Who was most doomed this episode? 
Tough app for Doom, uh, for the doomed. I think, um, I mean, Dorothy feels the most immediately doomed. Uh, but I think the real answer I have is Vic and Ronnie's relish. Oh, come mm. on, man. Come on. It's not a rom-com, kid. So sad. I'm going to throw it out to Jane this episode. I know I do this most episodes, but her circumstances just keep getting worse and worse this season. And whatever is going on in the underground seems to be very, very bad, bad news for all the personalities, and particularly for Jane, who is now a side personality instead of the main one. So we'll have to see what happens. Pete, what about you? Who is most doomed? It seems like that uh, waterlogged box of comics behind Justin is most doomed. It's breaking (laughs) my fucking heart to just sit here and stare at that. Come on. On, dude, get some different boxers. Save your fucking comics. You're breaking my goddamn heart. The comics uh, are safe inside. The boxes uh, are a little wet. Uh, yeah, a little. They're not wet. They're not currently wet. They were wet years ago, and that's uh, what that's, the... that's the worst. Um, I would say then that why do you have them under a faucet right now. Yes, yeah, <laughs> I'm washing them. <laughs> oh god, that's just it's breaking my effing heart. Uh, I would say that uh, the most doom hopefully is Niles. I'm really hoping that Cliff's going to take care of business here. We'll see what happens. If you would like to support this podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Doom Patrol or Sopranos. I hear that's pretty good as well. <laughs> iTunes, nice. Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Comic Book Live on Twitter, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. And now, before we go, a piece of advice from Pete LePage. Just because someone's your father doesn't mean uh, they're right, okay? Uh, wow. Don't trust them. If they go into the woods, you're going to die in a day. Well, that's very specific advice. But thank a lot you. of this advice that. is very dark. And actually, while I was looking here in my basement, I found uh, the song. It's actually a Bee Gees song. And, and, uh, it's holding out hope for Jackalope. Holding out hope for Jackalope. Stop. 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 Stop